Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, this is the Hollywood Life Podcast. And we are so excited because we've got some special guests here today from one of my very favorite shows in the entire world, Outlander. And so we are sitting here with Brianna Randall Fraser, and that in real life is Sophie Skelton, and Roger Wakefield. Real life, Richard Rankin. So welcome, Sophie and Richard. Hey, thanks thanks for having us. us. And in this season is really where your relationship, where they does, you do figure out that you want it to become romantic, that it's going to be a serious relationship at a certain point. I mean, Mm. I I, I don't know. I feel like for Brie especially, I don't think, I actually think her life would be easier if it didn't become a romantic relationship. I think Brie fights against that quite a lot. Um, she's very good at pushing Roger away, but I think it's actually more of a testament just to this sort of unspoken bond, really. You know, I think she actually wouldn't want it to be a romantic relationship, but it just sort of is. Like you said, their chemistry is so great that they're kind of pulled together even when they might not want to be. Yeah, there's something between them that's just unavoidable, undeniable. Because on paper, especially where we find them in season four, they don't really work. That distance, (laughs) the separation, the, the fact that she's at school, and Especially in the 70s. A, and you're very old. young still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're really young. And they only yeah. see each other like a couple of times a year. And it's the 70s. You know, yeah. there are other <laughs> temptations elsewhere. I'm not saying that Roger was tempted elsewhere, but I'm just saying it's like that's a tricky thing um, to deal with. And especially, you know, uh, with the world just being a much bigger place, traveling around is not easy. And having a phone call every now and again. Does that, does that, but that's again like one of the things I was saying that you can then bring in and, and tell that part of the story that these, uh, try and tell that relationship quite truthfully and show that these things, that scenario has an impact on a relationship and how to uphold a relationship. And I think that that really just emphasizes that kind of unspoken bond, that attraction between them that really fuels their relationship and well, makes it stronger because it's tested to the absolute limits. And I think that just really, really, really brings them. Yeah together to the point where they undeniably know that they want to be or need to be or both be yeah together. it seems like they need think, to you know, be together because they think for Bree, she's really trying to change her life and move forward and put her parentage mm-hmm. sort of in the past because there's nothing she can do about it you know she's essentially just orphaned herself by sending claire back so Bree really wants to just move on you know she's changed um what she's studying she's moved she just wants to start afresh and actually Roger going along with that might make Bree's life a little bit easier because he is this reminder of everything she's been through. But as we said, it's just one of those things that as much as she might try and push him away, it's not its not going to happen. But you also want to have hope for them. You want no, to be rooting for them as well. Yeah. Don't you? you don't want to just know 
Oh, Roger and Brianna, they'll just, they're going to be great forever and in love and just Because that's a great thing, because you don't know that about Roger. That's and less interesting, and you yeah, don't. So you know, up and down. They're so yeah. up and down. And also, really? it's not even like a little bit. They're either like 100% or zero. It's yeah. like... And we, uh, yeah, Claire, that keeps going. That's an interesting relationship. But I feel like with Je Claire and Jamie, what was beautiful about that is that you knew that they would be in it together the whole way. Yeah. And everything, it was kind of well, they made third that party commitment. things that were thrown at them that they had to deal that with together. That tore them apart. Whereas with Roger and Brianna, it's not so much the third party things that are thrown at them, it's each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you don't know because they're kind of stumbling through this relationship, but they're always butting heads whereas with Jamie and Claire we're like a solid team with Roger Actually, and Brie it's the it's thing like, that get in it? their way that makes them stronger yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah I think what's interesting for me about um, um, the, the season and about Brianna especially is how strong a female character she is and and it's that, it's that contrast of the the modern woman because you're mm -hmm. the you are like as modern as Claire is, like you're a fully modern woman. For sure. I mean, yeah, she's, you know, coming back in time 20 years later, essentially, than Claire was. And the 60s was a very different time in comparison very to the 40s where Claire came from anyway. It had already advanced so much. And then so for Brie to be a modern woman, even in the 60s, you know, she's studying engineering. There were mm -hmm. probably two women doing that at that university at the time. So it does make it, it makes it very interesting. It's a great... When you think about the adventures that they're going to have. Yeah. And I think like you were saying, you know, Brie as well is a very modern woman too in that she's um, she's very guarded, but she's not afraid of her opinions mm -hmm. um, and she's not afraid to voice them. And I think she has that very Fraser-like sort of stoicness about her where it's kind of like, you know, if I, if I let you in, you can know all my secrets, but it's hard to, for her to let that guard down. And I think while on somebody like Jamie, that might look very sexy and mm. very mysterious, on a woman, it can look kind of harsh and kind of stern. And I think it's really interesting to explore that because... It's true. It's a very different dynamic. She kind of is Jamie's daughter very much so. Very but it much reads so. very differently on a woman than it does a man. And I think that's something really cool that Outlander does explore because Claire and Brianna are very much, very much modern women in that way. Interesting. Also, like, the headstrongness, too. You know, just the not necessarily putting up a fight, but standing up for what you believe yeah, in and your she opinions. she doesn't take any, like, any stuff. No. She's, yeah. Sorry. I think some of the <laughs> I think some of the mis like the appeal of course of the show is that I think everybody has asked themselves, gee, if I could if I could go back in time, would I go back in time? And if so, when would I go back to like what period would I go back to? And what would it be like to be a modern person mm. in an old world? How would I handle it? I yeah. think that's part of the what's so interesting about the show and about you know all the the characters that end up going back yeah well i think that's one thing you know none of the characters take it lightly none of them are thinking oh i i'm interested what happened and i'll yeah. go back in time you know they all do it you know claire was an accident brianna's doing it to can't say can't say okay <laughs> we'll that right uh, richard you start talking now <laughs> we'll just we'll come no, back because no, i'll just i'll just say even <laughs> worse things um it, 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 now, in real life, would either one of you ever want to go back in time and to when? Yeah, to before I answer that last <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you see, I mean, the chances are it's not going to go well if you do. You're probably right now. Be, yeah. I don't know. I always say, I always say kind of ancient Rome, ancient Greece, or, you know, somewhere. So you built the pyramids. Either. 
See who built the pyramids? That's a right? good answer. Yeah, what did happen now? Was it aliens or the Egyptians? <laughs> I mean, obviously it was the Egyptians, but you know, there's all these conspiracies. But it's like, like how, how did they, they do, do it? it? Yeah. Right. Actually, but I can just imagine sitting there watching all these poor slaves dragging these rocks up, a, you know, up a pyramid, and just sitting there watching for my own enjoy- enjoyment. Yeah, maybe not. Well, actually, wouldn't you want to know how did they build Stonehenge? That's even more of a mystery. I know how they built Stonehenge. Oh, you do? Yeah. I don't thought he that hasn't there. been decided. <laughs> it was him. I, I already it know. I can't him. tell you because it's a simple secret. But I know how they did it. You do? Yeah, I'll tell you later. It's a family secret. <laughs> it's a family secret. It's a family secret. <laughs> Sophie, would you ever want to go back in time and... I mean, yes, like I said, seeing the people, the, the pyramids would be really cool. But I also do, I always say, I think the 20s would be a really cool time to be in. It just seemed very carefree. You know, after the First World War, everybody was kind of a little bit more relaxed. Um, I think that would be a very fun, very fun period. But I but I think one one of you said, but if you go back in time, it wouldn't probably end well. Because I think something yeah. that we see happening a, lot, happening a lot to Claire, it's go back in time like it's a lot more dangerous back in time yeah unless you're yeah. of a certain privilege or position or status it's not you can't just roam around like you can't just I mean it's all very well kind of a you know fantasizing about it in a very safe place where you can just pop back and have a look but if you were to go back to ancient Egypt you'd probably be caught <laughs> what, thrown made, in a cell chopped and killed yeah, or made a slave I yeah always think about and I thought about when reading the books too it's like how do they get blankets like how do they I mean like you know when you think about like how they make their beds stuff. and stuff like yeah. they would like sew it with their yeah. hands I people mean, did a, a lot dumb more like thing we all lazy. to think about but like it's no so it's true, true. it's true well, it's all these modern th- it's all these modern things that we think the way we live that we take for granted yeah. that would be so out of place if you went back there and you go oh actually I know nothing right or how yes. done like I'm clearly giving myself away here I have to write a letter to communicate here. what it's <laughs> 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 <What> a letter <laughs> I know I mean it's true people didn't have TV they didn't have cars like they everything Thing was hard to do, mm. you know, just cooking, just washing you your clothes. Being a vegan in that time, no, I don't think anyone right? even know thought about could. that. I mean, <laughs> you just eat bread, you, yeah. <laughs> and if you're gluten free, you're absolutely. <laughs> <get> your- <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone had those concepts. <laughs> Can you imagine in the 1700s? Oh, I'm a yeah, vegan and I'm gluten free, dairy free, <laughs> and no sugar. I'm Work really trying to limit the carbon footprint. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Like people just take what they can get a hold of. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you say that, it makes you realize like what luxuries we have today. Mm. Like being gluten free or being vegan is a luxury. Yeah. It's, it's because we have everything else. Showers. Yes. Now, Showers. So like like you would do? bathe and boil a kettle on a fire and pour it over yourself. I mean. That sounds sore. Well, okay, you'd wait for it to cool. <laughs> so, so I guess you guys didn't do any kind of method acting. In yeah, other I went words. back. I mean, no, I didn't. What? <laughs> in other words, like having to. I went back to school to he study went history. To build Stonehenge. No, I went back to yeah. <laughs> to be honest, to Inverness to, to to research the local area, the local history, and and and. and you the built Stonehenge. And I built Stonehenge, yeah, but I can't talk about that. Spoilers. Did you build the pyramids <laughs> as well, single-handedly? Well, I know how I it was thought done. you did, yeah. 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 But so you didn't, like, you didn't have to experience, like, on set what it was like to live in one of these old, the huts that they were living in, the smaller buildings. We didn't buildings. Well, I don't know. No, they're that. not in the back. I can't speak to they're that. They're not that. They're... <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Brianna now guys. has her own house in Boston, so happy days. Thank you, but Claire. But you do, you film in Scotland. Mm. So you film, like, in, I mean, everything is filmed in Scotland, so it's yeah. all where this all took place, or so much of it took place, right? How do they well, I mean, a lot of the locations. America, yeah. Put him. How do they recreate when you're in America in season four? They just make Scotland America. Well, we turned one of the streets in Glasgow into Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So had like the yellow really, taxis really outside works. and Brianna's it's car. Like, and I remember thinking that and reading it in the script and wondering how are we going to turn, mm. where in Glasgow are we going to film this that's going to make it look like Boston or any of the sort of um, eastern parts of the United States. But turning up on set and the way they had dressed it and the way our team had kind of uh, designed the set and it's in the west end of Glasgow so it's all kind of red sandstone and blonde sandstone um, tenement buildings and I remember turning up on set that day with all the old cars and the way they had dressed the lampposts and the street signs and all that and it felt like you were in you know either you know somewhere in New York or Boston definitely east coast kind of um, vibe yeah well even totally. when we did the Scottish festival they had all the old cars because yeah. obviously it's a Scottish festival, but but it's in America. Yeah, in America, yeah. and it was just it was amazing, wasn't it? It felt so American. It was great. Yeah, so it's quite easy to like you're saying. I suppose that's what your question was: is to immerse yourself in that when it's all immediately in front of you, and you can just feel the the kind of era. You can feel the kind of of the the, the sense of history within that, and um, it's 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 quite easy to kind of stimulate the imagination, and it's quite easy to get involved in that. So when Jamie and Claire are in America, that's not shot in America? Um, no. No? Wow. They really... But it it looks... Yes, it really looks like the South. It's amazing. Um, so when, so we'll go into now like a little part two, your guys' Which um, we already, episode, already yeah, have. We'll, we'll like do part two back then. Um, so you guys, um... They're the car scene mm. is one that's in that episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, the car scene is something that like everyone loves and remembers from the books and everything. So first of all, my first question is, you guys were filming in Scotland, but you were driving on the right side of the road, right? Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. Yeah. Richard was driving, so I don't know if we were on the right side. Uh oh. I don't have any favorites. I don't. I don't favor one side of the road over the other. <laughs> Richard, which side of the road did we end up on that day in season two when it was snowing? Which which side of the road did we end up on? Um, oh, in the middle of a field. Like I say, I don't. I'm not. You know, I, I'm not prejudiced towards various parts of the road or or, or not. We you ended like up. Up I just thought that I'm bored of the road, so we I'm just going to come off it entirely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we were um, we were filming in, in, in with Roger's old 1960s. I can't remember what the model was. I think it was an old Ford. Um, and I was adamant that I could do the driving, which, you know, was was fine up until a point. But we were um, up in this kind of Highland Pass when it had clearly been very heavily snowing. And uh, one of our uh, one of our crew that, that, that manages the vehicles had offered, we had stopped and we had filmed that portion of the scene where we were driving. And he had said, "Oh, do you want me? Do you want to switch places? We'll get out, and you can, uh, uh, and I'll turn the car around, and we can drive back." And I was like, "No, don't, I can do I've this. Got this. <laughs> I've got this. I mean, what? You want me to turn the car on the road? I feel like I can do this. This and is Can we easy. please just note that the owner, the poor owner of this very expensive vintage car, was on set? Oh, God. so his heart was already in his mouth, <laughs> and then, and then what happened? 
Well, Tell us. I got it stuck in a pile of snow. <laughs> in the middle of the road. In the mid- yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. And a little car of our exec producers were passing by, so I was like, "Quick, trade places, trade places with me." <laughs> what me? Yeah, I was like, "Oh yeah, we got stuck. Wasn't my fault, but it was." Amazing, love it. So, this episode three of Outlander season four, we see you two reconnect in person um, at the festival at the festival you go to the Scottish festival what's that like a little airport reunion I really enjoyed shooting all the 60s and 70s stuff and it's there, there are a few I mean there's you, a you, lot of, wait let's say that a lot are you enjoyed shooting all the sex scenes Is no that just all that. the season four stuff <laughs> oh, that's what you just said, said. Six, I Where's said your 60s head? I said oh, 60s. 60s and 70s okay you see so it's good we chat we're just gonna have to do the interview get your mind out of the because I was trying to remember did I see a sex scene I didn't remember that I'm not just gonna sit and count Casually. <laughs> we actually, interestingly enough, we actually filmed the festival twice, um, didn't we? We did it sort of yeah. back in last November, so about mm-hmm. a year ago, and then they decided they wanted to make it a lot more epic. So they really did. I mean, John Gary Steele did the most amazing set. It just looked, it looked like a festival. Didn't yeah, it? they it really was sensational. went to town on it. They had decided they wanted to make it a little bit bigger um and they came back just a little bit yeah (laughs) it was incredible and we had all this exterior stuff when we came back and 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 reshot it all um i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah, and all the stuff inside with it. Oh, no, we, no, we didn't do that, but we shot a lot of exterior stuff mm-hmm. with that. Uh, yeah. And do you do your own singing? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've got to. Did when you auditioned, did they have to make sure you had a great singing voice? No, I think they were more concerned with just having um, an extraordinarily talented actor. Um, <laughs> Which is set. why Richard initially didn't get the part. Failing that, they thought, "Oh, we don't have an extraordinarily talented actor, but we do. But he can't sing or play the guitar, so that's why I, I ultimately got the part." Yeah. Well, because that's such an important part of your role. Well, it is, but I think it's one of those things where they wanted to make sure they have the right actor for the part. They want to make sure that, obviously, they think that um, I'm going to be capable of playing that part before they start thinking about music. They want to make sure that they've got um, the proper combination of of Roger and Brianna. Um, And I think a lot of that is quite secondary because at the end of the day, if I couldn't sing or play the guitar, then, you know, they would just fudge it. They would just kind of work around it and have me mime it and... Yeah, but credit where credit's due. It's, it's really, beautiful. Yeah. And it's a really nice scene and it's it's very lovely of Roger. Oh, thank you. Now, obviously at that scene too, um, Brianna goes through kind of a hard time because this is the past that she's trying to get away from. How did you kind of get into that headspace and character for that scene to kind of take on that challenge? So initially for Brie, it comes straight off the back of sort of seeing Roger again. So it's quite lighthearted really, mm-hmm. but it's only when Roger sort of asks about 
you know, does this sort of make you, does it kind of remind you of your mother and everything? And I think Bree does have a sort of moment where it really hits. But I think before that, it's just more about seeing him again and actually the fun of the festival. I don't yeah. know that she hugely equates the two until it does start to get a little bit more um, into that conversation. But it's Bree. That guard goes back up and she's she's fine. She'll deal with it on her own time. <laughs> and how much do you feel like as, as Bree... Um, and you're alone and, and I mean, you've got this relationship going and potentially blossoming, um, with, uh, I'm sorry, with Richard, but how badly are you missing your mother? Like, is she somebody, are you thinking about her every day? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen from season two, season three, that Claire and Brie always had a very strained relationship. Brianna was exceedingly close to Frank. Um, and obviously finding out all this new information about Jamie and everything else really was a shock, to Huge. say the least, yes. to Brianna. But it, one thing that did come out of it was that it really did bring Brianna and Claire a lot closer together. It explained Claire's behavior for the last 20 years, and it really, really helped them to bond. And you really see them become mother and daughter, which is so beautiful. Um, and one of my favorite scenes then is where Brie sort of becomes the mother and sends Claire back. It's quite a nice role reversal scene that we had in season three. So I think for Brie, yes, she's missing her mother, of course, but... Um, I think she's also just content with the fact that they had fixed this relationship and, you know, sending her mother back has been quite a nice way to show that in that way. Um, you know, at least she didn't go back on a fight or anything mm. like that. They were at a very good place. But of course she misses her. But I do think Brianna's just trying to sort of put her head into her, her studying and her work and kind of just move forward in that way. I think for Brie, the main thing in terms of Claire is just worrying that she made it back okay, you know, that she's safe, that she found Jamie, that they're still in, you know, in love with each other, that it all worked out, that he hadn't sort of remarried or anything that could have happened in that time. I think Brie's just, in, you know, fearful for her safety and her happiness. I think that's the main thing. And how conflicted are you still, do you feel your character is, between being the daughter of Frank and the daughter of Jamie. I mean, because that was such a shock for you. You didn't want to believe it for the longest time. Very much so, yeah. I mean, of course, for a while, there's that balance of not wanting to believe it and for Brianna initially not believing it. I mean, if your mother told you she was, you know, she'd been back in time, I think you'd probably think she was a little bit crazy anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it is a bit. But I also think for Bri, it explained a lot. You know, she and Frank were very close, but I do think there were these parts of that she hadn't quite been able to answer herself you know these sort of I mean her appearance for why right. she looks nothing like Frank um although in real life I probably look more like Frank than <laughs> <laughs> um so for Brianna I think yeah it was as much it's that kind of nature versus nurture element isn't it you know she and Frank were very very close but I do think that finding out about Jamie sort of did answer a few unanswered questions mm -hmm. for her and it's interesting, though, because Richard, you believed Claire when Brianna didn't. Why do you think your character... Did he believe her or did he want to believe her? Yeah. What do you, why? Like, yeah. Do you want to answer this question? No, I'm just... I, I thought that was interesting. I'm just <laughs> no, like, that I'm is actually my, curious. That is actually my answer. Um, it did, no, I didn't believe her. No, that's ridiculous. Um, because what she's saying, what she's talking about is mental. I think Roger thought, hang on a minute. This, I think you're maybe not quite right in the head. Hey, Brianna, let's concoct a plan to make her realise that she's not quite right in the head. But, and because he's a historian, he's an academic, right? right? He works from a logical place. But being the man that he is, and he, he, he grew up with all the kind of uh, the mythology of, 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 you know, Scotland and, and the right. Druids and the history. And he's very aware of the stones and what they are and a lot of the, 
kind of druidic activity surrounding that and the sort of kind of mystical, magical element of it all. So there's definitely, and I, that was something that I really wanted to hit at the end of season two was the fact that, no, I don't think he truly believes it, but he wants it to be true. And there's something in the back of his head that thinks, God, that would be amazing. Like, I, you're you know, a historian. I, I, I hope it's true. I want it yeah. to be true. There's an element in me that's just like, forget the logic, for, forget, you know, the science behind it. I just, I, you know, there's something that excites him about the sort of the magic of that, the prospect of that. Um, obviously, ultimately, it turns out that it is true. <laughs> so it's kind of a, that's definitely a kind yeah, of Yeah, I think when Gillis doesn't run into a stone, yeah, well, I'm that like, was oh. Right. She ran into <laughs> a stone and didn't, you know, throw herself into a 10-ton block of concrete. She ran through the stones and disappeared. So. Now, is that <laughs> what made you believe too? Like, is that the moment you went, wait, this isn't crazy or did you believe did you believe Claire her before talking always your character yeah no well even but the thing is right if you think about this if you actually sit and think about it like would you, you would still have reservations like yes you ran away and there's all the things with the sacrifice and she ran through the stones and there's all that stuff with Claire but you would still go no no way. You'd no, like, that's a no good magic way. trick. Where yeah, is she? Yeah, something's not right here. What, you know, people are playing some sort of prank and as a trick. It looks like she ran through the stones, but obviously you, you can't do that. That's not possible. But so, yeah, I mean, obviously it gave a bit more credence to Claire's story. But, but didn't you also feel the lure of the stones yeah. and heard the buzzing? You both did. Yeah, but it's one of those ones where you just wake away, walk away from that situation feeling like you've just been slapped across the face with like a wet fish. You're like, did that just happen? <laughs> Have did you ever that been slapped across the face with a wet fish? <laughs> I'm, like? I'm often attacked with seafood, so I know what that feels like. Um, but yeah, so it, but it was a lot of fun to play and it was a lot of fun to think about that and it was a lot of fun to talk about how do, how do Roger and Brianna tackle this situation? And obviously it comes to light that it is true and you piece it together. So he did, Roger, pieced it together and came to the conclusion that, you know, it must be true because all other possibilities have been eliminated. Um, and, you know, kind of go from there, I suppose. But it was a lot of fun thinking about that and trying to bring the realism of, of, of that into the performance and thinking how, like, I have no reference for this. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't prep this. I can't, there's nothing I can do that can yeah. prepare me to play this. So Although, you just it, have to have fun with it. Isn't it Edgar Allan Poe that people think time traveled? Really? I yeah, never heard that. Yeah, because of his stories, a lot of them then happened at later dates in terms of um, what happened to certain people with certain names on certain ships, actually. Yeah. It's kind of like the Simpsons, read about. too, I feel like. That's, they that's always yeah. the analogy that <laughs> I, I mean, make. I'll be honest, if it's in the Simpsons, it's true, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, they said Donald Trump was going to be president in, like, 90. That is true. And I was like, true. that's so bad. They need to stop predicting those kind of things. Well, I'm going to start using that as my reference from season yeah. five onwards. I'm like, right, okay, I can't figure out how I want to do this. How would Homer do it? <laughs> exactly. How would Homer do it? <laughs> well, I think you'd be bought. Do you think so? If, you, if, there was, if there was a Simpsons character that was Roger, do you think it would be Bart? Probably more likely to be Matt, uh, Lisa. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Can Can I ask, um, Richard, since you grew up in Scotland, when you grow up there, does it feel less cold? 
It's really cold there. Does it feel less cold than what? Well, because like when I think, like I watched, I've been like, to Scotland too. Tolerance? I've been to Inverness. It was freezing. I know what she's asking. I mean, it was so cold. I was there in the summer, in midsummer, and it was so cold. It was so cold when we went to we went to Loch Ness. It was so mm. cold, which they show, of course, in one of the episodes, and. You know, here Claire has to go back in time and be in the 18th century, and it's and it's freezing there, and yet she never complains really about the cold. Well, I mean, yeah, to, to answer your, your initial question, yes, I mean, I think if you're from a colder climate, then you will have higher tolerance to it. Um, it's like when we were in Savannah at the weekend, we had a lot of people who were maybe native to the south or native to, to Georgia who are clearly used to higher temperatures and humidity and they're all wondering like, oh my God, I'm so cold. We were like, uh, this jacket. is summer. Like, yeah, it's like, this is, yeah, this is hot. I'm thinking about getting in that pool. Are you joking? <laughs> so yeah, I think if you're, yeah, especially from Scotland, it's uh, much colder. You have a much higher tolerance to that climate. Well, so that helps explain, I guess, being being okay comfortable filming there oh heck no it's well, freezing no no, no. oh okay uh, here yeah. comes I mean, the truth we, we have scenes where we I we had a higher tolerance to it where we cannot move our lips and it's our lines are a bit more because it's so cold it's there are times aren't there where your lips genuinely freeze there was one over. scene it was one it was one of the worst experiences of my life certainly the coldest coldest experiences of my life i was doing a scene Outdoors, I won't say what the scene was or where it was, but it was, I think we hit minus 11 degrees Celsius and I had to spend a, a fair amount of that scene on the ground, on the cold, hard ground and it chilled me to the absolute bone. I could, I was violently shaking, I was uncontrollably shaking for the entire day and I wasn't really wearing that much. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And that was, that was a real test of my, uh, my resilience <laughs> to the climate. It was, it was awful. And the rain and the mud and the midges. Yeah, and Do you guys know what midges are? No, what are midges? Like these tiny, tiny little bugs that fly and they just suck your blood, basically. <gasps> but um, yeah, they uh, they really liked my scalp. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds and like it, black the flies. The humidity, like we had some really, it was actually really warm. Um, at one point we were filming uh, towards the end of the season. We hit like, I don't know, almost, I suppose in the 90s for you guys, it was 32 degrees. I think that's yes, the that's 90s the nineties. Yeah, yeah, and there was also, but there was also that was accompanied with quite high humidity, and that the midges love that, and they came out and they were in our hair and our clothes, and you kind of just can, you just end up conceding to the fact that you're being eaten, and you're like, right, okay, but to try and not whatever, itch during I'll a deal scene, with this like, later. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Well, so here we, there we have it: the challenges <laughs> of shooting <laughs> Outlander. And a nutshell. <laughs> 
Well, that's fascinating, too, because, of course, you know, we're looking at all the beauty and the drama. And um, but there's a lot of work and, you know, difficulties and challenges. Yeah. Well, we're really excited to see you guys. So this ex- so excited, and to see how your how your characters and the storyline develop. And are we allowed? We can't say anything about where the season ends up, can yeah, we? Probably not. No, no. No. You want this? You want the season four? So here's what happens finale. in the finale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true because no. most because people haven't read the books. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> but I'm so I am so, so excited to get to certain parts, um, and but everybody, you got to tune in November fourth this Sunday, Outlander season four, and uh, Richard and Sophie are we're going to start to see you in episode three, right? I we cannot confirm. Or oh, you can't deny. confirm or deny. Okay. Can't confirm or deny that. Okay. So we are going to see you sometime. <laughs> um, we might not be in it at all. You might be dead. Don't. Oh, oh no, no, <laughs> just okay. kidding. One spoiler. You know, <laughs> I'm just let's, kidding. Let's, I we're going to redo the we'll, whole. Out. Yeah, let's let's redo this whole out part. Okay. okay. All right, guys. So. We are really excited for Outlander season four, which premieres again for all of you listening. Premieres on Sunday, November fourth, on Stars at like nine o'clock. Is that the time? Do I have that right? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock Eastern time. And um, we've been talking with Richard Rankin, who plays Roger, and Sophie Skelton, who plays Brianna, uh, Randall Fraser, and they have big roles in season four and we are going to see we can hardly wait to see how your character and your lives develop and uh we come won't say anything more yes come and see us again so we can talk about more what happens yeah recap all of four that sounds good <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay thank you, thank you for coming in thanks, thanks. Bye. Bye. thanks.